Thank you so much for coming uh, and um, sticking around for this really, really important subject that we're going to look at today. We're looking specifically at finding a decent partner in today's world. I just want to make a, maybe a couple of comments at the start in terms of the fact that, that obviously this is, this is something I, this, this is an activity I've not been involved with personally for about 22 years. So I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm aware, I'm very, very aware of that. Um, and so I just want to assure you that it's kind of two things going on. Number one, as elders, we want to take responsibility for speaking to the church about these sorts of things and not abdicate that. So that's why I'm doing it. But number two, that I've drawn extensively from um, people in the church in terms of just listening, hearing, asking questions. So this, I'm delivering the material. I believe uh, in the content of what I'm saying, but it's been informed by a lot wider than just myself. Just to rest, in case some of you guys were wondering, um, that you know this stuff's going to sound about 25 years out of date and totally irrelevant. <laughs> Hopefully that, 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 won't, that won't be the case. So a big thank you to those of you that have helped me in the run-up to this. I really, really appreciate your support. And help. I'm going to just start in session one. I'm going to say some foundational things. Have some time for Q and A. Session two. Try to look at, at the subject of dating a little bit more specifically, and then if there's time, Q and A. Session session three. Um, look at some of the more delicate issues around this issue, um, and then some Q and A. And then session four. Some concluding comments, and then time for just prayer, praying with one another. Um, for those who, who, who want to be a part of that. So I'm going to say some foundational things in session one. Let's just pray and commit it all to the Lord. Father, thank you for um, what you are doing among us. Thank you that through your son Jesus you are building a people together that really love you and love one another and uh, want to live our lives for your glory. So thank you that you are doing that by your spirit. And I pray, Lord, that as we look at this subject, help me to be helpful. Um, help me to be wise. I pray, help me to say the right things and to say them well. And I pray, Lord, for people that are listening to hear the right things. I pray in the name of Jesus for protection against misunderstanding and things being heard the wrong way. I pray that there would be a harmony and an understanding between us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, some foundational things. Number one, marriage is good. And blessed by God. So I define marriage as the coming together of a man and a woman in covenantal commitment, physical union and lifelong companionship. This is from the earliest chapters of Genesis. And we see Jesus affirming this model of marriage in Matthew 19 and Mark 10. So Jesus affirms the creational view of marriage that we find in Genesis 2. Christian marriage is also a gospel signpost in that the headship of the man is expressed in sacrificial service of his, wi- of his wife, and this speaks of the work of Jesus on the cross for his church. The respectful submission of the wife to the husband speaks of the obedient trust the church puts in Christ. The coming together of the man and the wife points to the eternal union of Christ and the church. So a Christian marriage is a gospel signpost, uh, and, and it speaks of the gospel. Um, Having said all of that, marriage is not better than singleness. Why? Well, due to the backdrop of a fallen world and an urgent mission to see all people reach with the gospel, Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 7 that there is less anxiety for the single Christian in terms of not living with these kinds of perpetual questions. Am I keeping my spouse happy? Am I serving them well? Am I being a good husband or wife? 
Will my spouse and or children be okay or will they come to harm? Can I serve my spouse and my children as well as serving Jesus wholeheartedly and effectively? These are the kinds of legitimate questions that married people have, um, the kind of which Paul raises in 1 Corinthians 7. And he concludes that he thinks we'd be better off to be like him, single. Um, So that doesn't paint anything negative about marriage whatsoever, but what it is doing is helpfully balancing out what is often the imbalance in Christian circles, where... Marriage is always promoted as, as the goal. It's not, it's not God's calling for some people. Okay? And it's not, it's, it is not to be the goal for some people. So there's to have a, 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 a biblical, holistic view of this. It's not that marriage isn't the best way, but given the context, fallen world, urgent mission, that Paul says, I believe that you'll have less anxiety if you want. So we need to hear that and make sure that we're being, we're being informed by both elements of the biblical teaching there. And so there's nothing incomplete about you if you're single. And it's certainly not a sign that anything's inherently wrong with you or you're immature or anything like that or you're not ready for it. That is by no means the conclusions that we come to for people who are not married. But today is about finding a decent partner. So let's focus in on that for now. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 7 together. I'm just going to read one verse. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 39. Paul says, he's speaking particularly um, in this moment about a wife, but it's obviously... Um, works both ways. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whom she wishes only in the Lord. Okay? To whom she wishes only in the Lord. So if you decide to be married, it's assumed in this passage that it's to who you wish okay? and that they are in the Lord. So that it's who you wish. So none of this, I don't really like you, but God told me, nonsense. Okay? No, <laughs> who you wish. I want to be with you. I find you attractive. I want to be with you. I like your company. I want to be with you and share my life with you. But also in the Lord. So the, um, the second assumption is made very clear in Paul's next letter to the Corinthians, chapter, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where he says, Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? What portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? So there, now what is he talking about here? This idea of um, yoking is, is the sense that when you're yoked with someone, you're essentially, you have to walk in the same direction. You have to tread the same path. It's just because you are yoked together. Now that can be more than marriage. I think, I think, I think business partners can be something where this is very, very relevant, and I'm sure there are other things. But marriage is the pinnacle of walking together, of closeness. And so there's, some, there's a strong theme coming through here. If you want to marry in the Lord, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So here's the logic. The logic is this. Being joined to someone in marriage who doesn't know the Lord, when you yourself are looking to follow him wholeheartedly, which is what I'm assuming... Okay, the Bible doesn't give us a category for someone who's kind of following the Lord. You either are or you aren't. So I'm assuming that you are looking to wholeheartedly follow the Lord. Okay, I'm just going to assume that. So to be to be um, joined to someone who doesn't know the Lord when you yourself want to follow Him wholeheartedly. Best ways you have someone who's sympathetic, but that can never pray with you, run your race with you. Go on mission with you, share spiritual things with you, model the gospel with you in your marriage. That's best ways. They're sympathetic, 
They're not opposing your faith. But you can ne- the thing that is most important to you, you can never engage with them in because they don't get it. You cannot discern the things of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit. You cannot have the Holy Spirit without coming to Christ. And so it, th- that is going to be the best scenario. The worst scenario, obviously, is, is, is very different, where essentially you end up um, separating or you end up backsliding because your partner runs out of patience with your primary commitment to Christ as Lord. It's interesting that when Paul talks about marriage among believers, he says that it can be an anxious time trying to please one another as well as please Jesus. That's with believers. That it's not always straightforward when you're married to someone who's in deep agreement with you. You have to wrestle through things and talk through, well, I want to give this much money. Well, I want to give this much money, you know? I want to go and do outreach. I don't want to do outreach. I don't do outreach like that. But I do do outreach. There's agreement, but there's things to work through. And, and, and so it's, it's an untenable scenario to go in with someone who, is not, who is, doesn't know the Lord in this way. Now, what I'm not saying is, is that you will not grow together. Of course, when people come together, they grow together, and that takes time, and you, you, know, you, you, you go on that journey together. But the foundation is Jesus. You come together and you grow together, but you're built on the foundation of Jesus. That's a world apart from having a different foundation. So it is, it is, the Bible teaching is, is very, very clear. It's even stronger in the Old Testament, but it is confirmed in these New Testament um, passages here. That you have a, 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 an initial foundational, uh, deep agreement on... You're committed to the Lordship of Christ. You're committed to the authority of Scripture. You're committed to love for the church. You're committed to engaging in the Great Commission. This is what we are about. It's not just something that we're... This is what this marriage is about. This is what it's pointing to. That that is Christian marriage. Um, So there's some things we're going to do some Q&A on in just a moment. I'm going to say one final thing on on, on this, and then we've got got time for Q&A, which I'm glad about. Beware the, is this Mr. Right, is this Mrs. Right mindset. Um, I don't think that's the best question to ask when you find someone that you're attracted to who's in the Lord. If you go down that road, I think you can get in a real pickle. I think here's the questions you should be asking. Are they in the Lord? (coughs) Are they in the Lord? (laughs) They may have been to church a few times in the last year, but that's not what you're asking. Are they in the Lord? really important because I think when you find someone that you like and there are other things that are positive you can, you can kind of go oh yeah well we'll, we'll, we'll find a you know we'll find a way and are they in the Lord number two would I like to share my life with them just really honest human do I want to share my would I like to share my bed with this person it's probably not the you know, the sort of questions you want to be asking yourself in very early days in very detailed ways. But <laughs> at some point, at, so, at some point, you have to engage, you know, are we, are we, am I attracted? Just ask it. Um, you won't need to pray and fast to know the answer to that. <laughs> You'll just know, okay? God set it up really cleverly in that way. And then I would say this final question, which is a little bit beyond the Bible, so weigh it up, but I think it's pretty practical. Does, is this person carrying something that the Holy Spirit has given to them that is so um, out, impossible to work out with what the Holy Spirit has put in my heart that we're going to just tear each other apart? So I'll use a really silly example, but you get, you get the point to it. This person is called to reach the, the Inuit people of the Arctic Circle on a lifelong way. And this person is called to reach you know, the unreached tribes of the Amazonian jungle. 
in a lifelong way. Like, just give each other a break. Bless each other. Don't start going out. Just don't do it. People do. People do. Don't do it. Because at some point, what's going to happen is you're either going to go, oh, no, this doesn't work. Well, no, no, it hasn't. no. Or one of you will have to lay down something that you are saying, God has called me to do this. Now, it could be that in that process you discern, well, maybe it wasn't quite that fine. You know, fine, we hear things, we prophesy in part. But like I'm saying, that don't, don't, don't go down the road where you just know, practically, it's unworkable. But biblically, the questions are, are they in the Lord? Do I like them? Am I attracted to them? So that's just a foundation lane. Well, okay, we can do some Q&A on that. If there's not loads of q and that's fine with me because the next session is a lot longer. Uh, so I can nick back some time. But really happy to do any Q&A on anything I've just said. The process of praying and fasting, I'm going to be controversial now. The process of praying and fasting around these kinds of things. I think, I think yeah, it's totally appropriate for some people to do it that way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be making jokes about that in a, in a general way. Um, I think that what I would say is I wouldn't... I think people... My experience in pastoral ministry will show me that some people are just put together way more intensely than others. And so it's kind of like, for some people, these things are just... It's just more straightforward. It's like... They're in the Lord. I love them. They love me. It's all good. I don't think you have to go through that kind of deal. I think some people feel a lot more peaceful approaching it in that way, and that's not to be dismissed. God's put us all together differently. But I wouldn't, what I wouldn't be doing would be introducing formulas that kind of create such a spiritually charged atmosphere that it's like, you know, unless, unless you can sort of fast and pray for three days, you're going to get it wrong. It just it, it breaks people's spirits. And I don't think it even, I don't think it creates an, an environment of emotional health. I think it creates an intensity that is just, it's not, that intensity is not for everyone. We're put together differently. That might be a sound a little bit unspiritual, but I just think um, people process things in different ways. What I'm bringing here is kind of like a foundation. Genuinely in the Lord. Well, yes, we're, we're of one heart. We're about the same thing. And I really like your, and I really like your company. I think I think that's I think that's fine. <laughs> Anything else? Can I just add to that? Do you mean before you've met that person, someone who hasn't got anyone inside? Um, yeah, I probably I don't know. I think there's probably different ways that I was referring to, but yeah, various things like calling them for, but also in the process of learning it as a few contenders. Different levels of yeah, like different. Yeah, I just think, I mean, I think sometimes we can get ourselves into a spiritual lather when we don't need to, when we don't need to. Uh, and I think, I think some of us are more prone to it. So I think if there's grace to seek God in that way and it's peaceful, fine. If it creates this supercharge, it's almost hotter than the, it's hotter than the furnace that Daniel's friends were thrown into. It's like, just don't, 
don't, there's no need to do that to yourself. Um, you, you will break yourself down in the process. Um, if you can engage with that with, from a place of peace, fine. But I think God, God's very kind and he gives us some, just some straightforward principles there that, are, that I think are good enough. I think otherwise you get worked up with, is this the right one? Is there a right one? I don't actually know. <laughs> Shock horror. I think you, I, do I believe God is sovereign and plan stuff? Yeah, of course I do. Does he, does he plan every month? Is, it, is, it, is there? I don't know. It doesn't say. I, but I think if you go down that road, you will end up in a very intense place. I said, don't think it's always helpful. Um, are they in the Lord? Do I like them? They're, for me, are, they're biblical questions and they're questions that lead, that just create a little bit more air in the room. Because I don't, you know, if someone's, if someone's trying to rewind, you know, to pre-married days, someone's praying and fasting, am I the right one? Flipping heck. Just, I'm not sure I want to live, I'm not sure I want to be living under that. You know what I mean? I don't know. Are we going to get on? Do we want to follow Jesus with our whole hearts? It's fun together. Um, I've got a question. I wonder what advice you'd give for walking with friends or family who are dating non-Christians. Um, just from my experience, my brother is dating a Christian. And if I was their friend, I'd be like, what are you doing? Are you following Jesus for half the But he's my brother and he's brilliant. And he's yeah. asking to see me. Yes. Severs are difficult, isn't it? I've, I can, I've got first-hand experience also of walking alongside friends and families, friends and family who are who, who are getting, you know, either not walking with the Lord, but um, someone who is walking with the Lord as, as, uh, is with them, or if they are walking with the Lord and they're with someone who's not. I think families and friends is where it's really, really hard, isn't it? And I, I think you're always looking to... Jesus was full of grace and truth. And I think it's blend, that blend of grace and truth, isn't it, where you can, you can speak um, honestly, carefully, gently, lovingly, um, but just, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. There are those, there is that, you pray, don't you, Lord? Give just, is there an opportunity, Lord, where I could just express some, whether this is the, the wisest route, you know? Sometimes it's, God almost brings someone else in to have that conversation, you know, but I think to be ready as a loving friend or family member to do so. And then I think after, once you've, once someone knows what you think, it's kind of with them, isn't it, to, what to do with it? It's a little bit like, it's a, it sounds a bit dramatic what I'm about to say, but it's that principle of, you know, when, G, when God sent prophets, it's like, say, say what you've got to say, and then the response is with them, you know, kind of, you know, the phrase is like, you know, their, their blood's no longer on your hands, you know, like I say, it sounds a bit dramatic, but the idea is, is that you've discharged your responsibility. You don't then have to get into a panic and a frenzy about trying to control how, what they then do with that. That's their decision, but to be able to speak honestly and graciously and kindly and compassionately. It is, it, I think you should be praying for that sort of opportunity for, for that. Okay, yeah. Hi. We're going to get onto that. Yeah, that'll be one of the next um, next sessions. We'll talk a little bit about practically supporting one another as a, as a family. I'm so so glad that there's such a blend of people here today because this is something we want to do as a family together. And it's absolutely brilliant to see, you know, um, people 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 turning out for this. So thank you. Um, can I go on to number two? It's a bit longer. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. So we'll do, we'll do a break after number two. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So dating, etc. Okay. <laughs>
I just, just, just say, I know I'm walking into a minefield today, all right? And it's okay. So I've kind of resolved before God that I'm not going to do this perfectly. Um, but the, the hope trusting that the Lord will, will use it in some ways. <laughs> Session two now starting for the recording. So dating, etc. So first going to look at finding someone in your local church. Then look at finding someone in another church. Then looking at online dating. Okay, so we're going to look at three different ways through. So first in terms of finding someone in your local church. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's, it's kind of like on one, on one hand it's the ideal scenario. Um, but it also has its unique challenges. So um, I think... I think, why am I saying that it's an um, ideal scenario? You don't have to go through the whole, what church shall we be a part of? You can both stay totally committed to your own local church while you're caught in and engaged and then um, married, if it, if it goes that far. So it's, you don't have to sort of deal with all of that. Um, it's easier to have a common group of Christian friends together because you're in the same fellowship. Um, you probably won't have a huge amount of doctrinal issues to work through. Hopefully you won't, because you're in the same church. So hopefully you know what your church believes, you know. So there won't be a load of stuff to kind of work through um, on that front. It's just more straightforward. And, you know, and we've got, we've got um, numbers of great stories here where that's happened at Rev. Um, the situation isn't currently ideal at Rev because of the gender imbalance. We're very aware of that. We speak about that very, very openly. Um, and in the sense that we're struggling, I think, to be honest with you, along with lots of churches, to effectively reach men and see men cross the threshold into the church. So it's, it's, a, it's a big issue, but it's not um, unique to us by any means. But it's a, it's a big issue and one that we are praying about uh, and wrestling with very urgently. But I, I recognise that it creates a significant... Um, just from a mathematical perspective, and there's not, these, are, these are not comments on, on men at Rev, women at Rev, individuals at all, just mathematically. Okay, that's the only comment there. Um, there are still difficulties um, with this model um, of, of, of finding someone in the same church. And because there are some very specific difficulties, we need to be very, very kind and very, very merciful to one another um, in this scenario. I think it is definitely best if you can be friends first. Um, because then there's a really good foundation. Um, but it's not always easy to create good male-to-female friendship in the same local church for a number of reasons. Um, sometimes one person in that friendship, uh, from the get-go, feels a lot stronger than the other person, and it creates... Uh, 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 an, an intensity that is a friendship can't grow. Sometimes there is a, dis- a desperation on the part of one or on the part of of both, and and so what what happens is is that there's there's a, a very it doesn't feel like building friendship. It feels really intense, and then you're in the same church, so you're constantly seeing each other. At everything it can be it can actually be difficult. Um, it's hard to be in the same church as someone if you've dated for a while, and then decided that it's not really going any further. Um, particularly if it's on one person's part rather than a mutual agreement. Very, very difficult. There's, I don't think there's any way of getting through that unscathed. I don't think you can just say, oh, here's, an easy, here's, a, here's the way through where, where you, won't, you won't be scathed at all. I just don't think that is realistic. But I think you can minimise damage. Um, you can minimise damage by doing the, doing, doing the relationship well. Um, not getting into conversations that are beyond where the friendship is at too soon, not getting into deep sparing of the soul and sharing intimate things or beginning to lean on that person as an emotional crutch. And so in that situation, there's big intimacy and hearts get opened up and people get 
put together and, and then oh, it, it's not working and then there's heartbreak and difficulty. There's a wisdom that we need in terms of this sort of thing. It's not always easy to demonstrate, but you know, in terms of just protecting one another, not, not getting into the, you know, and how many children do you want conversation on <laughs> friendship temping bowling trip number two, you know, just kind of just, you're just not, not, not going, not going down. I'm, you know, I'm caricaturing, but you understand the points that I'm um, trying to make. I think there should be an understanding that as a Christian, if you definitely could never see yourself marrying a particular person, don't date them. If you just think I never, ever could marry them, don't date them. That doesn't mean, though, that if you go on a date with someone, you're saying, I really want to marry you. Do you understand? Mm. Both of those things, are, they're unhelpful. Okay? But if you just think, well, no, it can never work, then don't, you, you know, don't do it. You're, you're, you're essentially, without, maybe without intentionally doing so, you're essentially, <coughs> that person's you're using them for sport, really. You're, you know, they're just make, cheering up your life a bit you know, for a season. Don't, don't, it's important that we, that we, don't, that we don't do that. Um, so there's an acknowledgement. Um, there's an initial attraction of some kind worth exploring. So with that in the background, you can get on and see if you get on well. Um, see if you're going for the same things in life um, without needing lots of soul-bearing um, conversations. Um, give it time. Let it grow. If it doesn't grow, it will be less painful because your hearts won't be deeply entwined. Okay? So let it grow. Work through the gears. Don't go... What our culture does, it goes straight into intimacy, physical intimacy, normally, then heart intimacy, and then breakup. <laughs> and no, one is, no one's gone through the gears. And it's really terribly unwise. People get... The, the damage is huge. So we've got to learn a different way in the kingdom. Where we see... It's so helpful as a married person is this, this bottom line foundation that whatever happens, Davina is always my sister in Christ. Always. Whatever happens just brings such uh, even-handed, respectful, you know, aside of anything, fear of the Lord, you're my sister in Christ. Um, that's eternal. It's just so healthy. You go, yeah, right. And that, this is, so there's a holiness, this holy ground. It's fear of God. We treat each other carefully. I don't use you to unload my emotional problems. Now I feel better. Yeah, but what about you? opened your heart to me and now, now you think there's something I just had a bad day so blah, no I mustn't do that it's ever so important um, it's not at all inappropriate to go on one or two dates with someone at rare in order to see if there are signs of compatibility do we get on do we enjoy each other's company or not just don't make a drama out of it um, no one owes you their hand in marriage and you owe no one your hand in marriage okay so all we owe one another the Bible says is to agape one another well to love each other in a godly sense well we owe each other that Romans 13 verse 8 but you are not owed anything by anyone else and you don't owe anyone anything else okay so even if you think oh this person really seems coming on strong you don't at that point then owe them that relationship that's not how it works that's, that's, that can become quite controlling finding someone in another church it's totally legitimate. Um, we would encourage it if you are well connected um, to your local church. I think it needs to be a healthy connection. This is my home from that place. And of course, um, head off to other churches if they have services at other times of the day. Um, or if not, maybe building something once a term just to go and worship elsewhere and look to connect with other Christians. Christian holidays, Christian events, other churches' events, parties. It's easier. It's less intense to meet people while doing something. Um, than it is on a date. Dates aren't wrong, but it's just it can be a bit easier as a first thing, just being around, going out for lunch after church, this sort of thing. 
Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Don't ever please be under the impression that the elders are ever saying don't do that. Yeah, we're not at all saying don't do that. Not, not in the slightest. Malcolm has put together some really helpful, um, brilliant things here in terms of um, resources and different events and holidays, Christian holidays. These things, they're just... If you, if you want to find a partner, these, it just makes absolute sense to engage in these things. There should be no stigma or weirdness around it. It just makes sense. So, yeah, we are totally for that. Um, so when thinking about meeting someone from another church, if a friendship can develop first, again, that's very, very, um, very helpful because you get a friendship foundation. Um, you don't get that kind of just letting the physical or emotional attraction kind of um, the excitement of that um, making you do the shortcut, but you get to put the time in in terms of building, building friendship. Be careful with bodies. Be careful with hearts. Okay? Be careful with bodies. Be careful with hearts. Don't go in too deep too soon. Don't awaken a love before it's time. Song of Solomon. Three times. Do not awaken love before it's time. So um, people spill their soul on social media these days, don't they? Spill their soul. It's because it's cathartic. It helps them. And sometimes there's a selfishness in that. So, so don't do that. Um, I would say... I, 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 being proactive in terms of getting single Christians together... For meals, activities, fun. Is it just a brilliant thing to do? Rather than falling into passivity or self-pity or things like that, if you're someone who's really looking for a partner, be proactive. All of you will probably know Christ- other, other single Christians elsewhere. Just arrange stuff, do stuff. Just, absolutely. Just create settings where people can meet one another. That's really healthy. Uh, just fun. It's just that, that seems to me to be... Uh, um, a good idea. I would say with, with church life, you know, just if it's another church, just think through, you know, there's churches and there's churches. Okay? Do they preach? Do they believe in the authority of Scripture? Do they preach the gospel? You know, are there, what, what, what's, what is, you know, and I don't, I don't, you don't want to narrow it down in a, real, in a weird cultish way at all. You know, we are by no means um, the only uh, healthy church in the area at all by a long way. There are loads. But just make sure you know what that church is about. Because if they've got really, really strong views on a particular thing, you could go, oh, didn't realise that. So, um, okay, online dating. Big thank you to all of you that really helped me with this, because I was clueless. Um, You'll be glad to know. You'll be glad to know. Um, uh, so, this is more and more common, and the first thing we would want to say is that it's at, there is absolutely nothing wrong with online dating. We know numbers of people who have met a partner this way. There's no reason why there should be any stigma and any sort of attached to it. Um, it's very practical. It's perfectly legitimate. Okay. Now, there are, of course, things that you're going to need to watch a bit more closely with this approach. So even though there shouldn't be a stigma about it, there should be more careful thought given to it. Because there are more vulnerabilities with this approach. Um, you need real wisdom to make it safe as safe as possible. So here's some, some comments on this and then we'll do Q&A. Draw others in, friends, trusted people, um, to, to your, your, your online dating activity. Draw others into that as soon as possible, i.e. let there be people in your life that just you are processing this with because it can get dark. It can get weird. There can be, there can be somebody you think, oh, how did this, what did this happen? We... It's, God gives us community for our safety, not to ruin our lives, but to keep us safe. 
So it's ever so important. I would say that you at least you want at least someone that is kind of like a running partner type person, someone who's like a good brother, good sister alongside you, and, and someone that you would look to as a bit more of an uncle, you know, auntie, father, mother in the Lord, someone just a, you know, a bit ahead of you on the track in terms of maturity, just so that, and, and that you're genuinely open and inviting them into what's going on. I just think that makes it such, so much of a safer um, so much of a safer thing you can process people who will speak the truth in love people who have the permission to ask the most helpful though not always the easiest questions okay you say I'm giving you permission I trust you I trust you're loving you're gentle you're honest um, here's some good advice um, for the first day daytime rather than evening can be a good shout drink rather than meal can be a good shout less intense easier to escape <laughs> okay if it's just a one of ones, you go, oh, mate, what's this? You know, you haven't got to get into dilemmas. Better stick around and pay half the bill or whatever the agreement is and get out of there. Um, having said that, this is good advice as well. Give, if you're going to date someone online, give them, give them at least three chances, providing they're willing to do the same with you. Um, because I think first date, you're going to be a bit nervous, right? You're not probably going to be on your best in your best you're not going to be probably you know flowing you know you probably be a little bit anxious a bit nervous you may not represent yourself as well as you might um, so give each other opportunity to relax so you can see who one another is does that make sense yeah. just be a bit patient don't be too dramatic about it all um, when you're not living in one another's worlds you need to make a bit of intentional space just to see what the you know what the connection is and that can't always happen on a first date um after a certain number of one-to-one dates, it's an important step to introduce them to your friends, some of your friends, trusted friends. Someone said to me, chill friends. They've got to be chill friends. They can't be friends who are going to get overexcited and create dramas, okay? Chilled out friends. Um, and vice versa. Vice, vice versa. So... <laughs> um, I mean, who knows, you know, I, I, in, in some conversation I said, but what about just first date, just make it, make, make, you know, in, invite friends in. And, and I was quickly, by most people, rebuffed on that one. But uh, there you go. Uh, but, but for me, here's the thing. I think we're such an individualised society. And it's, it, it, it's, it's not safe. It's not, it's not healthy. Um, and we can bring our own little world and someone else brings their own little world and you can find yourself caught up in something and you think, hold on, this doesn't feel... Do you know what I mean? Either it just feels uncomfortable or something like that. So do draw others in at some point, please. Um, there is a time and a place in terms of online dating for asking the right questions and covering certain areas. So even though you don't want to get into soul-bearing and emotional offloading, you may, it is appropriate as, as things develop. So just, where are you at on that? <laughs> where are you at on physical boundaries? Whilst, you know, pre-marriage, where are you? At? Where are you? At? What do you believe about that? It's a, if you're, you're dating another believer, it's legitimate to just ask some of those big things, so that it's not just superficial. Okay, so I think that that's legitimate. That's, that's different from sort of talking about everything that's ever gone wrong in your life and bearing your soul and looking for emotional support in an inappropriate way. Um, also, to just say, you know, beware generic dating sites we live in a hookup culture don't we we live in a culture where sexual hookups they're just culturally normal and so um, we're different we're a holy nation it's not us it's not who we are um, we're redeemed we, we, we're, we're looking to walk in purity we're covenant people 
we're, we're, we're marriage people, you know, we believe that sex is, God designed it to, as an expression of the oneness that, that, is, that is what marriage is, that's what it's for. Outside of that, it's not, it's not, it's dangerous. So that's what we are. So, um, you know, it's very important that we just keep that, hold that line in an in increasingly permissive um, society um, to keep that holiness. Um, one little, one comment on, so I just forgot, one comment on long distance relationships. Um, can most definitely work, but I think what is essential, I would say, is that uh, a couple, that, that, that those people that are in that relationship have a couple, either in one or both locations, that they're connecting to as a support, just to help with wisdom calls on certain things that will crop up, like how much time to spend in, do you know what I mean? There or there, and well, my life's here, but your life's there, and how to, it's just helpful to have wise voices in the mix there, and so that when this person's in this location, this person, there's a, there's a, a, a couple that they can support and hang out with and ask, ask wisdom from and in that location. Does that make sense? So just, just some wisdom on that. Um, Q&A on the last session. Yes. Um, so with online dating, yes. I also have a yes, yes, online yes. dating, but uh, I'm under the impression that sometimes it can be, feels a bit more like just based on their appearance. Right. And how do you, how can you do online dating well without that being, because that's obviously the, the initial thing that you Sure. Get. It's probably like a brief description. Yeah. But pictures of them. Yeah. So. I mean, good pictures too, right? <laughs> 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 so, how do you. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do you do that? I don't see you want to be attracted to someone, but there's so much more to someone than just. I think the reality is, and again, I, I, I'm, you know, what. I'm aware that this is not my area of expertise, but I'm sure that the, reality, the reality is that there's just a, there's a very, very limited amount of ground you can make through someone's profile. So you have to acknowledge this is very, very limited, but there's enough to go on that I could have a cup of coffee and not dinner <laughs> with this person for an hour just to see whether they just to get to know them a bit. And I think that's I think that's the reality of on, online dating, right? You just go, well, it is what it is. I, don't, I think if you start trying to dig around for more before meeting them, you know, it just goes off, doesn't it? it goes a bit, you can start. I'm, I'm sure that I, I don't know. I mean, what's the what's what's the um, what's the protocol on? Because I'm sure you know. If will there be will there be links on their profile to their the, the, whereby you could then find them on social media and what they do? Is that how? You can. So I'm saying you can. Yeah. I mean, do you want to do that? I don't know. It might be wise. Uh, they might have had a bad day. Do you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? You, it's tricky, isn't it? I think, I think, I think. But I think the reality is, is that, that is that there is a limited amount of information you, you can have before you meet them, and that's you just have to embrace that. That's one of the limitations of online dating. So it's limited, but it shouldn't be stigmatised. Limited, but that doesn't make it odd or strange or inappropriate. It's just limited. So you just have to acknowledge that and say. But we've got real great stories of you know brilliant couples who met online, and just wonderfully happy serving the Lord together. You know, this isn't something rare. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's, this this is a yeah. Shouldn't you make sure if you sometimes we carry funny attitudes about something we don't know why we just picked up on the way. You know, there's no need to have a funny attitude about it. It's just the reality of um, the in, internet culture, isn't it? Um, internet's neutral. We can use it for bad, we can use it for good. 
Yeah. Anything else? Any other questions on dating? Charlie? Online dating? Yeah. Uh, see, uh, someone develops an addiction for it. Yeah. I'm watching S Sex Love Anonymous massively yeah. grow from yeah. addiction for online dating. Yeah. Where it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I think we need to make sure for all of us that we're helping helping one another with things like um, spotting the signs when something's off. Do you know, in terms of behaviour, boundaries, and just that. So when something just you just think that I, so often Christians will feel uncomfortable about something, okay, and then the voice will kick in straight away. You're being judgmental, okay. So you're uncomfortable. They're discerning something. But the voice then goes, you're being judgmental, don't do that. So then they don't respond to the fact they're feeling uncomfortable. That's really unwise. When you're feeling uncomfortable about something, it's for a reason. And I think those early signs where you just feel like, it just feels a bit odd. But it just doesn't feel quite, or for some reason, being around this person, either in terms of you know um, communication, even not even face-to-face, it just feels a little bit too something, filling the gap, to listen to that. You have to be comfortable. And I think so, so often Christians, they, 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 they don't listen to that voice because they feel that they're being harsh or insensitive. or I, I, I don't know, they just... But it's often the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Or even if it isn't the discernment of the Holy Spirit, they just feel uncomfortable. So, like, you've got to do something about that. You can't just walk head on into something where inside you're going, I'm not, I'm not peaceful. You, the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So it's so important. Um, otherwise, you, you end up in scenarios where you think, oh... How did I get here? Um, yeah. Any, anything else? Yeah. Um, like, I noticed that in our London culture, people are quite busy. Um, and you used to talk about the environments, like group environments, process, and having fun. Like one thing I've noticed, London versus Korea, is that it doesn't happen that mm. much. Because people work in lows, and then it's like what you've talked about before, like me time, like I'm just going to watch like a whole series on Netflix tonight because I need to relax. <laughs> and then it's like you get to Sunday and you're like, oh, why don't I have a girlfriend or boyfriend? Because like, well, how would you find someone? Like, what do you, as a pastor, what advice would you give just lifestyle-wise? That's a really good question. I mean, I think what I would say is, is that we need to be, you need to be practical. And I think sometimes, you know, you can set your life up in such a way that one, one way or another, certain things that really do matter to you, you're not going to walk, they're not going to happen because of how you set your life up. And you're essentially hoping God's just going to drop it on your lap. Now, in his mercy and kindness, sometimes he does, but it's not wise. It's not wise. And so if you want to have a lot of good relationships with people, you have to prioritise that, you know. Or if you want to, if you want to find someone, you're going to have to find ways of being, of being proactive. Um... So yeah, I mean, I do think some there's there's probably uh, the next hot topics we're probably thinking of doing is on Sabbath and rest because I think this is absolutely massive. Um, I think that there are some core lifestyle things that you can become a victim of in this city and other cities, but world cities where you're just in a whirlwind the whole time, and then a year's gone by and you think I'm not I'm not I actually wasn't happy with the way I was using my time for the past year. And I haven't done anything about it, you know? And I was aware of it for the last 10 months of that year. So I think it's just trying to help people to take, in a godly way, take control of your life and make some decisions, whether it's, a, whether it's directly related to dating someone or not, but you're going, hold on a minute, I'm not going to be a victim of this. I've got to get off the wheel. Does that make sense? So that you can do. So we'll probably have to look at that. But I do think, 
what do you value? You know, you've got to you got to try to order your life according to your values. Do you value kind of really good relationships and finding ways of doing that? And some of you just, I mean, some of you are just think absolutely do absolutely brilliantly. You've got some of your unmarried brothers and sisters who you've just created such brilliantly healthy lifestyles, um, and missional stuff and you know, stuff where you're people that don't know the Lord, good Christian circles and friends, I just think it's phenomenal. And I think, you know, let's let's learn from one another in that. So, you know, if you've got if you've got tips, I mean I think you're very Adam's a very practical guy as well. So, you know, if you something he said provoked something in you, please chat to him because I think we want to make we want to get the right culture among us, don't we? But we've got time for one another. Um, but we've all got to it's hard to say any more than that. But I think I agree with the principle. Yeah. So I would just say, with this thing of um, presenting yourself online, we, our advice would be most definitely to be as truthful, <laughs> to be as truthful in that process as you would look to be truthful in any other part of your life as a Christian. To represent yourself as soberly and straightforwardly as possible, anything less than that you're probably straying into some kind of deception. It's not good. Okay, so... And also, you know, if you've got a photograph which has been amended (laughs) and and no longer fully reflects uh, what you look like, you're not helping yourself. You're, You're not helping yourself. The the guy or the girl will um, will turn up and and may think oh and the date may not even happen not necessarily because of how you look but because you weren't honest be who you are sooner or later the mask is going to come down anyway be who you are to whatever degree is you know you can and be straightforward in these things it's ever so important um just that we don't get sucked into that nonsense. We, we all know, don't we, that, that, that one of the most destructive things about social media is that it seems to paint everyone else in this extraordinary light. Isn't their life amazing? Da-da-da-da. It leads to immense difficulty and depression for a lot of people because you feel your life's really dull and you're really dull and the whole thing's a pack of lies, house of cards. It's nonsense. No one's life is like that. Um, everyone's life's pretty much the same, you know, to, with a varying bandwidth. Okay? This crazy thing. So we've got to make sure that we stay true in that. Okay, so some of the more delicate elements to think about when searching for a decent partner. Here we go. As and, as and when it's appropriate, give thought to the relationships in the, other, in the other person's life as a way of gauging their character. Are they connected or isolated? If they're isolated, they'll bring you into that. Have they got relationships? Have they, have they built well? <clears throat> Are they committed to a good church? Is there a pattern of blessing in their wake? Like what follows them? Do people speak well of them? These are really important questions. I think we're kind of set up to think that your assessment of you is the final assessment of you. It's not. Your relationships are the assessment of you. What do those who are connected to you say about you? That's the assessment of you way more than your own assessment of you. But we live in such an individualised society, we don't think like that. So obviously you can't get into the, you know, the, 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 yeah, it, 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 just as a principle in, in your mind, just think through. 
has this person... I always remember someone saying, you know, look at how your boyfriend or your girlfriend treat their parents. Yeah. When they marry you, that's how they're going to treat you. That's a sobering thought right there. Probably true. Once you get married, the guard's totally down. Do you know what I'm saying? This is very, very important. Secondly, we live in a very difficult culture to be able to um, develop in these kinds of relationships because there is no protocol in our culture. There's no, there's no set way. We are multicultural. There's no set way. We don't even know whether to shake hands, high five, hug, one kiss, two kiss, three kisses. We are all over the place. Am I right? We are literally all over the place. We, are, we have Germanic influence, French influence, American influence, Scan, Scandinavian influence, Celtic influence. We are a, we are a hodgepodge of migrants, and, and within that, we are now a multicultural city in a hodgepodge of, in a country that's a hodgepodge of migrants. We're all over the place. So we, we, are, we are using the same words, but trust me, we are speaking a different language to one another. Trust me. You might be speaking English, but you're not understanding one another. And in one culture, an act of friendship, in another culture, is a very bold move towards that person. So you have to be very, very kind and gracious and aware and thoughtful and undramatic in your interpretation of, defen- of events. You'll get it wrong. It's not, guys, this isn't easy, so be kind to one another. It's shocking the lack of kindness when someone gets it wrong. You've got to tell them, you've got to speak the truth in love, but in love and kindly, because odds are they didn't mean it. We do get it wrong. So just to st- acknowledge that the context is a complex one. You go somewhere monocultural, everyone knows this sign means that. This is appropriate at this stage, then that. We don't have none of that. None of it. So it is a minefield. I'm not saying it to scare you. I'm saying it so that you recognise this is a bit of a pickle. All right? So we've got to be very just, wise, mature, care about one another. Don't read too much into think about Think about your own interpretation of events. Ask people what do they think. We, we need this more than ever. Finding our emotional and spiritual security in Christ is ever so important as disciples generally particularly when thinking about this side of things because when looking for a partner without this things can easily become driven by a neediness that's not life giving it sucks the life out of the other person because you're kind of looking to them for something that only he can provide Um, like I said earlier no one owes you their hand in marriage and you owe no one your hand um, you don't want to find yourself with someone who doesn't want to be with you and vice versa. You do not want to be in that. You don't want to find yourself in a scenario where you're thinking, did I pressure them into this? You do not want that to be your story. You don't want that. Um, don't allow loneliness to drive a decision. Don't allow desperation to cloud your judgment. Don't allow willfulness to cut you off from good friends who speak the truth in love. Grow in Christ learn to keep a good hold of yourself in this process does that make sense it's not easy of course it's not easy none of this is easy so it's not about I'm not saying any of this, I'm just saying this is a good route through it's, it's the right thing unfortunately I would say this as well um, I don't think I'm exaggerating um, when I say this but I do think that there is an element to which to some degree at least compared to 
few decades ago in our nation, so maybe this is speaking particularly for our nation, but functional family life is now uh, the experience of a rare few. So people are, people are a bit screwy on this stuff, um, most of us. Um, most people have either been into porn or sexually immoral, Christian or not. Um, it's just a reality. Um, there will usually be stuff to undo and forgive in, in a relationship. Um, you may have kept yourself pure. You may have kept yourself beautifully pure. This doesn't entitle you to not anymore. No way. No, no, no. Please don't do that. It's a precious, precious thing. There are those who have, but there are many, many Christians who are really struggling in the area of online porn and all kinds of, all kinds of sexual stuff. It's, it's reality. Um, and I'm, I'm saying that because when you get into a relationship with someone, even good people, even good people that carry leadership in churches, there may well be a few horror stories that come out. There may well be. Like stuff you go, oh, you, what? Are you, what did, are you serious? Because I know really good people, really good leadership people, really, really good people. And they've confessed stuff to me and you go, okay, someone's going to be on the receiving end of this story one day. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish it wasn't the case. But in many, many cases now it is. So I'm not saying that to be only negative. I'm just saying we, we have to really learn. We have to really learn about forgiveness and redemption in a deep way because of the, the, the devastation that's out there. Now, let me just say this. This is very, very different from getting yourself involved with someone who is enslaved to this stuff and all of, all of that and you end up just being a fixer, a rescuer. I'm not... I'm not I'm not condoning or endorsing that at all. You know, that's we've had some serious pastoral stuff. Here, you know, where people have got involved with people, but it's like it's, there's just on, ongoing significant slavery in certain areas, um, sexual stuff, uh, and you just think, oh, right, man, okay. And we've seen God come through amazingly, but pain, painful, painful, painful. So I'm not. I'm, if someone says like, this is where I'm currently at, I'm right stuck in this then I think it's an important moment to just reflect on, okay, where are we at? You know, you're not chatting something. But if people are... So there's that. And we've all, we're all struggling with stuff, but you understand what I'm saying? If someone's really just, you know, they're going to see prostitutes, you know, they're completely addicted to online porn, whatever it might be, um, you've, got a, you've got a serious, serious, serious conversation at that point. They don't just try and go, oh, it'll be all right, God loves them. Serious conversation at that point. Everyone's got current struggles. Many people have got big stories in their past, and that's particularly what I'm referring to. How you handle that. Um, even while they were Christians, how you handle that. It's not easy, but I think more and more you have to engage with the reality of it. Because um, we live in a sexually amoral society, and so constantly bombarded with the fact that, that, that sex and, and morality are totally unrelated, sex and spirituality, totally just, just do what you like. And so it. it you know, if you're not really getting your mind renewed as a believer, then you get you get carried away. It's a bit like you're in a 
you know the thing you know when you, you when you in, you go out into the sea in a strong current and you you go out and you stand still you know you go out your, your friends and f- or family or whatever there you go out and you, you stand still you throw a frisbee around waist deep for ten minutes and then you look up and your family and friends have gone you think they've gone they've left me no they haven't they're in the same place but it's over there you think how did I get here I literally just stood still for ten minutes and I've I've moved two hundred meters what well, it's the current. And our current, the current is powerful in our culture. I'm just being honest, being sober. If you are not really getting to God, filled with the Spirit, in His words, you just think, how did I get here? How, did, why, how am I thinking like this? How? How am I looking at this? How am I indulging? Trust me. Okay? So you can't really stand still in the Christian life. You, you, you drift. There has to be that sense of how we're going to move on and move out of that. But there's just a lot around there to be aware of. Um, we're going to do some praying at the end, don't we? Um, um, who makes the first move in a relationship? Oh. <laughs> right, so. <laughs> it has been said by some this very old-fashioned approach for the woman to look for the man to make the first move. As far as we are concerned, we wouldn't want to be legalistic about it, okay? But we do want people to be discerning and to ask this question. What kind of a foundation are we putting in here? What is the foundation that we are putting into this relationship? Is it one where the man is constantly let off from taking steps of sacrificial courage um, and taking the hit in terms of putting his life, heart on the risk of moving towards women? Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it one where the woman is actually not feeling in any way pursued and desired? She's constantly just in a place of anxiety, having to make things move along. This is a bad trajectory. This is a bad foundation. You do not want this in a marriage. Marriage mirrors the gospel. Christ comes for his church. He comes and he wins her. And she delights in being delighted in and loving and being with him and caught up in what he's doing. That's Christian marriage. That's Christian marriage. So, this isn't about being old-fashioned or legalistic. This is about asking, being discerning. What's the dynamic here? What's the dynamic Um, two more things in Q&A a word to men in this regard um, so men and women, men and women are, are put together similarly and differently okay? so that's the, whole, that's the whole wonder of male and female same but it's different okay? one of those areas which is a little bit different but it's not totally different but it's a little bit different is that, is that men are, are, are more visually stimulated than women. Women are more holistically stimulated than men. Okay? I'm not caricaturing it, I'm not creating this bizarre thing out here. It's not it's not out like that and like that. But there there is a general bent in that in that direction. Which means that women, it's really, really not hard for you to get a man's attention. It's really not hard, okay? Use your body in a certain way, use your beauty in a certain way, dress in a certain way and you've got his attention. It's as easy as pie. Okay? It, it just is incredibly easy. Okay? But I don't think that you will be um, I don't think that you will be attracting someone who's going to love you. I think you'll be attracting someone who's kind of crazed with lust after you. It's not the right foundation. So just like don't be dowdy. I'm not saying being dowdy for a moment. I mean, you know, um, not, that is not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying be aware and be loving with the beauty that the Lord has given you. Be, be kind with it. 
and 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 keep elements of it for that special person, fellas. Showing lots of specific interest to a particular woman when you are not specifically interested in her. Getting into deep conversations, heart sharing, time comments on how she looks or various things like that, specifically aimed towards her in, a, in that way. You are, you are sending out a very, very strong signal of interest in that. Um, Good to you want to be a good brother, you want to be connected to your sisters and all of it, absolutely. But, um, I would just say, I mean, you know, what I'm about to say is so so out of kilter with the culture now that you know, some of you gonna hate me, but I say anyway, I, I, I struggle to see that that man woman bestie thing. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying, nah, I'll tell you why, I've yet to see a man woman bestie. Where at least what best friend, where at least one of them hasn't had something in their heart more than that for the other, or even if they haven't, when either that man or that woman finds a partner, it's devastating often for the other one because there's there's just so much going on in that interplay. I think to have great friends of the opposite sex absolutely vital, but that kind of like best friend thing that that. That, that, that one man, one woman, we're best friends thing, but there's nothing more to it than that. I think I just don't think it's a wise thing. So here you go, I said it. Um, <laughs> things I've said to men and the things I've said to women, both men and women can also do the opposite. Okay, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But there are patterns here. When you've been around a little bit, like a few times pastorally, you clock it. There's patterns here. Okay? So there are patterns of stumbling here. Let's help one another. I'm not saying to men not to be good brothers. But don't use good sisters as emotional crutches and that sort of thing. Um, and women, don't be dowdy, but neither travel the shortcut to getting the man you want. Let him see who you are on the inside. Final point. The reality of the fact that many looking for love have been married already. Um... So you just say a few things about this because it's it does matter. Um, so we live in an obviously quite an e- very easy divorce culture in terms of culture, and it's probably only going to increase that way unless there's some sort of revival. So in that sense, um, people don't see it as an issue. Now for us, it is an issue. Now why is it an issue? Because we're covenant people. The marital covenant is profoundly precious, deep, and really, really matters to God. So we would say that we take an essentially conservative view on the matter of marriage, divorce, remarriage. But we look at each situation on its merits. Every situation where someone who is divorced and wants to remarry at Rev with the support of the church, we will look at on its merits. We won't just say, yeah, fine, no problem. We won't. Why? Because as the church, we represent the heart and will of God. Therefore, we need to be able to discern what the will of God is. And the Bible does say some strong things about this subject. I would ask you not to think, not to get in, down that road of which people do so much. Now, going, well, what's the church's line? That's secondary. What does the Bible teach? 
and we're trying to be true to that. We don't always get it 100% right, but that's what we're, we're not trying, this is our line, we're not interested in what our line is, we're trying to say, what does the Bible teach about this, and how can we really honour it, and understand context, and get it right, and be as pastoral and loving, and all of that, and that's, that's what we're trying to do. Um, there are certain situations when we can't endorse a remarriage, because the circumstances surrounding that person's divorce are not legitimate as far as God is concerned. And so even though you may be divorced in the eyes of the law, you're not before God. And therefore, we can't endorse that because we'd be endorsing adultery. You understand the logic there? In God's eyes, you're still married to that person. How can we say, yeah, okay, fine, we're, we're behind you, we'll do marriage prep, when in God's eyes, you're still... So we, as leaders, as elders, we, we need to take that really seriously. And as you can imagine, there have been numbers of perplexing conversations over the years it's really this is hard stuff it's big stuff but we so this is just to put it out there and say it does matter if you're thinking of divorcing um, <laughs> dating someone who's been divorced um, uh, and that thing's kind of going on in the background please come and speak to us because can you just to, just to paint a picture for a moment so you can understand it from our perspective if you date someone who's divorced and then the, the, the relationship develops and flourishes and then people from Rev start getting involved in friendship circles and fun and then Engaged and it's a big announcement, and then we find out, you know, and then so, and we're going, hold on, we need, can we just understand what's going on here because you know the, what the Bible says, not because of, because of what the Bible says, and then, and then we work it through, and you go, this is this is not this is not good. What you then got is a situation in the church where someone's with someone and lots of friend around, and normally cheering them on because they're excited that they found someone and all of that, understandably. Um, where then the elders come in and go, we just we don't know about this. That's, can you see the difficulty? Yeah. It's just hard, and so we just we just ask you to respect the fact that this this is an issue before God, because He's a covenant keeping God. It is an issue, um, and even though it's not an issue culturally, we're a holy nation. It is an issue. We're different. So please, can you honour that and not be afraid to talk to us about that? We. Like the Lord, are not out to ruin lives. Okay, <laughs> all right. Sometimes you don't talk. So what are they going to say? We just want to be in the scriptures together with you. And just what does God say about this? And let me know that's very countercultural, but it's part of what we do. So we just say that. Um, okay, those were some tips on the more delicate uh, elements of this uh, subject. Any questions on any of those things? So just to remind you, I spoke about thinking about the relationships in the person's life that you're dating are they isolated are they connected um, we live in a cultural minefield we speak the same words but different languages we don't know quite what's going on um, keeping an eye on our own spiritual and emotional maturity and security in Christ so that our dynamic in dating isn't one of neediness in a way that drains life but it's we're bringing something to the table um, people's pasts forgiveness redemptive lenses grappling with what people have done um, and, and how that feeds into building an uh, uh, intimate relationship with them. Um, who makes the first move in a relationship? Um, using what you have in a loving way, whether that's your, your looks, your attention, your, your gift, your talent, using them in a way not to, not to lead anyone on, but to lovingly serve them and be kind to them. And, and the whole question of marriage, divorce and remarriage. So there's loads there. Any, anything anyone wants to do. and I rec- recognise it for some of you think well yeah but not in this setting I do have a question but not now um, as pastors we're always open to just meet up and talk about these things there will be obviously stuff to follow on from this hot topics and 
that just pastorally, the stuff that comes up, please talk to us. Please don't be afraid of us. Please don't assume the worst of us. Um, we're, we're here to just try and serve you as best we can. So, but any questions that you think will be good in this setting um, around any of these subjects? Sarah. Session four. <laughs> Session four. Yeah. End on a high. Going to end on a high. This is this is the this is we're in the this is the this is the this is the deep valley. This session three. Yes. Yeah, very good. I think there is wisdom in terms of um, that whole soul ties thing, whatever you want to call it, you know, the thing where people get very connected. Um, soul ties exist. The Bible talks about it. David and Jonathan, their souls were bound together. It's a reality. It, it sounds a bit weird, but it is a reality. People can get connected on an invisible level to one another um, in all kinds of different ways. And praying, I would just say that it's a, I think it's a really good thing. Um, to build prayer into a relationship, early doors, but there's prayer and there's prayer. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, like, if you if you start dating someone, and you just you, you feel, hey, this we're on the same page spiritually. This is cool. You say, we need to get coffee. Hey, would you just let's just commit this time to the Lord? It's more like saying grace, but you're just inviting the Lord in. It's not deep hands oil. You know, you're just kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just Lord, thank you. You know, keeping it light, but you just make you. What you're saying is, what you're saying is, it's not just me and you here. Yeah, he's here, he's here. So you just get your your you're acknowledging the reality. He's here, he's central, he matters. And but then I would save the more personal prayer, ministering to one another, praying over past things, deep stuff. That way, way down the line. Lots of private questions. Obviously, you're going to come later then. Yeah. 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 Just a question, and perhaps not on this part, but um, thinking about the social media, the online dating, that side of things, is, is going into something like online dating um, perhaps a, a consequence of, of that current that you mentioned in society where I think Adam also touched on the point of how cultures are different. Mm. I think anything online can be perceived very, very negatively or obsessively positively. I think it's neutral. That's the point. It's a bit like money. It's just neutral. 
love of money is the root of all evil. <gasps> Must be terrible. No, it's just neutral. What do you do with it? So I think if you're, if you're saying, I'm in a church where, you know, there's no one in the church that, that I, that where, there's, where there's mutual attraction, then I probably, I probably wouldn't necessarily, as a first step, I wouldn't see anything fundamentally different from finding someone online to finding someone in another church, as long as it's a Christian thing. I, I, I think it's a first. It's a first step, and it's um, you know, I think, I think, online stuff can easily become weird, unreal, lazy, obsessive, addictive, all of those things. Which is why you've got to be much more careful with it than the other ways. But I wouldn't want to demonise it as a as a miss as a wrong first step, because I think when you do that. You, there's no really, there's no grounds underneath it, other than other than the fear of what could be. So I don't think I think well, money could be that, but it doesn't have to be. Internet can be that, but it doesn't have to be. And I think as long as you're committed to taking the next steps, well, it can just be, it can be like a catalyst to get you started. You mean in terms of when you're thinking about is this person a connected or an isolated person? Yeah. Maybe they're just an introvert or... Yeah, yeah I think basically, does the person have healthy relationships in their life? Yeah. I think an introvert ought to have healthy relationships in their life. If they don't, if they... Essentially, you, you meet up and it turns out they're a bit like... You know, you know the, the, the kind of people that just before they become Marvel superheroes... No, just before that moment before <laughs> that you don't want that no matter how much of an introvert they are you know what I mean they're sort of sitting indoors kind of like you know going crazy you know whatever <laughs> so it's just that stuff you know what I mean they might enjoy time by themselves they might enjoy reading you know they might not always be at parties but there's some there's some there's some healthy relationships in their life you know so you just ask a few discerning questions get, get the back story you know as the relationship develops but you are you're, you're basically working out because if you if, if you connect I tell you you connect to someone isolated they'll, they'll, they will strangle they will suffocate if they're an isolator take the air out of your life not good not good yep um, I have not experienced this but I've heard that it's difficult for some people who have been divorced to be in the church and that, that whole subject and there's maybe some shame around that so I yeah. might want to highlight yeah that. absolutely yeah just some comments on that it's very helpful and thank you the question was uh, yeah is, uh, it was uh, advice rather than a question which is very good advice um, in terms of that you know it has been said that some people who are divorced that, that they can feel shame around being in the church and that you know what I said earlier no, nothing in me at all would be wanting in any way for anyone who had who has that's been their journey to be carrying that in in a way that's not experiencing you know healing from the pain and, and redemption you know from from whatever whatever went on whatever the dynamics were um, the reality is is that is that sometimes due to um, just very very difficult circumstances that goes on um, our it's di- the difficult thing in giving advice is, is without going to a big detail thing of, the, of our line as elders, you know. Um, 
because um, I think it's a line we're always thinking through, um, and I think it also become the hot topics becomes a different subject. But I think all of us bring history into the community. Amen. All of us. Things that we're really excited about and things that you think, oh, that really hurts still. All of us. Divorce is always painful. Always, always painful. Do we, do we believe that in Christ there's healing for that pain and restoration? Absolutely we do. Yes, 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 we do. Um, the whole, the, the subject of remarriage, what it can do, it can unhelpfully give the, give the idea that somehow, you know, it's the, un- divorce is the unforgivable sin or something like that. Not, not at all. Not, not by a long way. Um, but I guess I'm trying to protect us from the other extreme, which is when you're in a culture which just says it's not really, you know, what I mean? it just didn't work out. It just didn't work. So now find someone else. It, I, biblically, it's a bit more complex than that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is a bit more complex than that, and we just need to make sure that there's a culture where we can just process it together um, and find the most restorative path through. But yeah, as for as for carrying it in a way that you feel somehow, you know, second ray or, you know, I don't know, anything that would be, that would in any way undermine what, what Jesus has done. Absolutely not. So, thank you. Anything else? Yeah. yeah. You said a bit about, you know, in terms of sharing yourself, not diving into how many kids and what, things like that. Um, <laughs> is it, as, should we assume as Christians that, you know, we're looking to date someone and think about marriage in the future? We assume that they want to, in their heart, at least they want to have kids. I just think it's one of them cultural, as a cover. It's like, it's one of those. Yeah. Woo! Okay. (laughs) It's a big one. Okay. No, well, you have, mate. (laughs) 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 Okay. I would say that biblically, you cannot cannot separate the. Marriage and having children. Okay? Um, and I think, I think that there are always exceptional circumstances. Okay? But I think that the principle stands. I think the principle stands. But there are exceptional circumstances. Sorry, what principle? That being married and having children go together. To sort of say, let's get married, and then let's talk about whether or not we want children, is a bizarre mentality, biblically. The whole of the Bible. <laughs> it's just, it's, well, here's what we've done. We've separated sex from procreation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there are some people who can't have kids. That's, That's exceptional. Well, of course. I'm not talking. Don't, don't listen. There's a, there's a mentality here which separates sex from having children, and marriage from having children, and it's bizarre, biblically. And a lot of it is rooted in selfishness. Kids are expensive. Kids are inconvenient. Kids are messy, right? Kids are expensive, inconvenient. Kids are going to mess up with my plans and my dreams for my life. They're going to do all of that and a whole bunch more. Praise God. Because it helps, it helps crucify me. It's big. I'm hitting some cultural strongholds here. Okay? There are exceptional circumstances. There may be a couple that say, do you know what? 
we just really, really feel called to, to adopt. We can have children biologically, but we want to adopt because those kids are at home. Beautiful. There may be others who can't have, can't have children, and as a result, they need to work out, okay, what, what are we going to do? And we partially come alongside and help them. But to get married without, a, without it being part of the essential framework to start a family is utterly foreign to any biblical worldview. But would you say that, say, just like a particular couple, they feel called to have children, but they they feel called to help the black children in Africa or the homeless or they're just called to another Life is very, very complex. But here's the thing. If that's not your foundation, mm-hmm. I don't think you're thinking biblically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course you can. Yes. Very good question. No, of course not. If you know that you can't have children, should you not get married? No, I wouldn't suggest that for a moment. Um, obviously, at some point, it needs to become part of the conversation so that the person that you're considering marrying... Can, can think that through before they're married to someone who knew they couldn't have children. So it's just one of the ways that you share your story and who you are so that you're going in with both eyes open. Of course, I'm not saying that for a moment. When you lay a foundation, what you do is you say, this is foundation. Okay? And, then, and, then, and then you build on that and there's nuances and there's exceptions and there's things to think through, but none of those things undermine the foundation. It is a foundation. Um, and, and it, we need to really think through, particularly when people in the, when people in um, in the New Testament were were, were were concerned about being single. It probably wasn't because they weren't going to have sex; it's because they weren't going to have an heir. That's what would have been troubling them. We we have decoupled sex from procreation. It was, it was only 60, years ago that the evangel- 60, 70 years ago that the evangelical church did not agree with birth control. The evangel- Protestant church. The Pro- not the Catholics, the Protestants. It only changed in the mid-20th century. Okay? So it's not even that. It's not, it's not a given. Well, of course, it's not a given. There's something very sacred that goes on in that act of sex and making life. That's a very... You don't just... Oh, you've got, no, you don't. That's, that's immensely sacred. Just, you can't just decouple those two things that is what that does now biblically that's not the only reason you have sex but it's central it's central any other questions Charles too scared too scared to ask questions alright session four are you alright for we, 25 more minutes, we're done? Is that, are you okay? Final session. <clears throat> so, there was, a, there was a survey that was um, done in the West to Christians who were single, and um, they, there's a couple of results that were very, very interesting. And they said, Are you affected by any of the following? Um, that I'm happily single, that I'm bored and frustrated, I'm lonely, anxious or depressed, prefer not to say, 
the highest result by far was loneliness out of those and then would you be interested in any of the following specific, of any of the following specifically for Christian singles fun social events came out top after that came out weekends away then singles holidays then sports activities and groups way above dating and relationship courses and dating and relationship coaching which shows that which shows if this survey is anything to go by that being single one of the biggest things people can struggle with is loneliness and one of the things they want more than anything else is just to have some really healthy connecting spaces which are unintense and fun and you do stuff together and hey who who knows what might come of it but we know that everyone you know in in this activity is is potentially um, available to, 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 be, to, to be a partner so I think that's a really really interesting um, results um, for some of you this is a very very painful subject you're very aware of it there's a lot of pain here for others of you some of you feel called to be single in this room some of you are, don't, wouldn't say that but you're, you're very content you're, you, you, you've, you've built a, a healthy pattern of life there's a real contentment and you're not even sure whether you know you're not fussed either way others of you you really do want to be with someone and it's actually something of great pain and we, we acknowledge that we recognize that and I would say for me personally it's probably one of the one of the biggest past you one of the biggest pains I carry are uh, particularly brilliant sisters you know who I, who I just think you know oh, I know want to be married and I know would be brilliant wives and mums um, but it just doesn't seem to be um, many guys out there who, who fit. I find it incredibly difficult, painful, and um, personally. So I, I get it. We, we, we get it to whatever degree we can. Uh, we want to learn um, how best to be friends for you, um, those of us who, you know, whether we're, whether we're married or whether, whether we're not. Um, we want you to know we don't consider you, if you're single, to be incomplete, invisible, or unfulfilled in any way at all. Um, we consider you to be exactly the same as us. Um, but where there's pain, we do want to learn how to be part of the healing, even if we can't solve the problem. We want to stand with you. We want to wrestle this issue with you. We want to do what we can to just be helpful. And I think it's a brilliant question that Sarah's asking. How, 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 how can we do this? And uh, again, just drawing from others, asking others, help, help me with this. Um, something that came through was this, that married men and women have a, as long as it's done with wisdom, but they have a particular contribution to make in terms of encouraging those of the opposite sex. Do it wisely. Do it obviously alongside your spouse, you know. But, but where, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a single man, and you and and um, for whatever reason at the moment, you, it just feels a little bit to have interaction with lots of single women. You just feel it feels like a bit of a minefield or whatever. That for you to for you to have good positive interaction with a really great Christian sister who's married along with her husband, but it's just positive and encouraging and upbuilding and vice versa. If you're if you're a woman who's un- unmarried and you, you know you just feel like. I just would love, you know, just just have a, a fun conversation with a guy or, or, or whatever. There's there's a, something unique that Christian men can bring appropriately because because we are Christian men in that scenario, Christian women in that scenario are just safer. It's, it's not complex. It's not you're not raising questions. Do they like me? Don't they like me? There's none of that going on. Okay, it's just it's just it's friendship and it's encouraging. So it's important that we 
find ways of doing that. And, and it helps with negative connotations. If you have a lot of dates with people and, and, it, and you know, you've had three dates, say, in the last, I don't know, last few months, and every one of them, it's not just been a bad date, you've just thought, this, this person is destroying my confidence in Christians of the opposite sex. Then actually to have just positive encounters with Christians of the opposite sex is really healing and really meaningful. And it just do something inside you. You go, yeah, actually, yeah, no, they're not all bad, you know. Um, men or women or whatever it is, Christian men, Christian women. Um, husbands and wives ought to be a thousand times safer um, and to be good brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers in, in that sense. I'm not saying um, if you're unmarried, you're not safe, but what you represent in terms of the questions that are being asked. Whereas, you know, if you're a Christian husband or a Christian wife, you know, that questions aren't being asked. Um, the other thing, to, to, in order to protect your heart from becoming discouraged and disillusioned, um, it's too easy. Um, it's, what someone was saying to me, it's just so easy to believe lies, believe lies on this. You just believe lies. You just get, neg- get in a negative space. There's never going to be anyone. You know, just the, situ- the circumstances are just, God can't do it. Whenever you find yourself thinking of saying that, hold on a minute, hold on, hold on. Seeking out faith-filled people who can encourage you that God is a God of miracles, that God has good things up his sleeve, that circumstances do not limit God's hand in any way, that, you know, he can make sons of Abraham out of stones. Isn't that what the Bible says? He can bring sons of Abraham out of stones, you know? Now, I don't know what that looks like practically, but hey, keep our eyes fixed on God he is miraculous he is a God who is big and can do things there are no limits with him and I do think to guard yourself I want to end on this to guard yourself against negative interaction negative critical interaction with others where you bring yourself on a downward spiral you just get to a place of such hopelessness negativity what's the point despondency be around faith filled people who have a big God we want to keep encouraging you. Let's keep, let's stay pure-hearted. Let's not get cynical. Let's not get sceptical. Let's keep our eyes and hearts open. Let's, let's be proactive. Let's be looking for what God's going to do. Um, I, think that, I think that that's a really, really, really positive thing. The reality is, is every Christian you know is waiting for God for something. Okay. Every believer you know, if you push deep enough, you'll find something where he's longing for. But it hasn't happened yet. We are not unfamiliar with the dynamic. Okay, it may just be a different thing that's kind of it, that, 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 that we're that we're waiting for, or wrestling with. So it's a familiar thing that all of us know. Um, I think, Sarah, in terms of answering your question specifically, I think to just develop relationships with brothers and sisters where you can speak the truth in love, where it hasn't got to go into kind of hyperspace of expectation, you know. But, but, but people are being protected from just getting downbeat and losing heart and you're helping just to lift their eyes and you could probably only do that with a certain number of people but who God brings into your life to be a good sister to in this regard and I think even, even to just talk about that very the way you phrase that question even to just have that conversation just, you're just acknowledging the reality we believe in a great miraculous God who loves to provide loves to give good gifts to his children and yet nowhere in scripture does God promise, you know, he's got a wife or husband for you. I don't, think you, I, don't think you can, I don't think you can legitimately say God has promised you that. But I think you can say that God has promised you good things. And God has promised you an abundant life. And God has promised you a fruitful life. And God promises all kinds of wonderful things. 
Um, but we've got to trust him in the details of that. Okay. Thanks for listening, guys.